What is up, Kangaroo Chasers? Well, last weekend, the only officially sanctioned International Rugby League match in Europe for 2020 happened in Zwolle, the Netherlands. Uh, so let's find out all about it. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 87 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. You have to say the number cards like you can't believe how high up it is. You I, notice that? I absolutely, like, I can't. And I can't wait till we get to 100. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, big, yeah. big T on the line with me, the, the president of the Benji Marshall fan club. How are you? <laughs> Far out. That should exist. Holy crap. Why well, have I never thought about that? that? Fan clubs used to be a thing back in the day, but they've they've petered off a bit. Um, but that's a great idea. You know what it is now, the modern version? Actually, it's just an What's Instagram that? account. Yeah, it is an you know Instagram I mean? account. I, I, yeah, and so you just follow the Instagram account. Everything comes back into fashion, into vogue. I reckon you bring back the Benji Marshall fan club and then you can add that to your, CV, your rugby league CV. <laughs> yeah. The problem is those things used to, to post out like information and things you couldn't normally <laughs> find, whereas the internet, you know, has destroyed that. Um, so I wouldn't be giving anything that uh, wouldn't be already given. I might end up writing an article in a few weeks when there's nothing doing, when all of the rugby leagues have finished and, and we're in a lull before season three of Chasing Kangaroos. I'll probably end up writing some sad and emotional article for uh, the Raw because I love I love a cheeky Raw article and I can't when I can't find a podcast to say what I'm thinking. I end up putting it into a uh, into an article in there, so I might do one about Benji, but that's not really a fan club. That's just me lamenting. It's a fan club of one mate, and I can't wait to read it. I love, <laughs> I love reading, I love reading your raw, uh, little raw escapades as well. And you mentioned yeah. it there, season three of Chasing Kangaroos. So this is our, mm-hmm. this is our plan, mate. And we've been, we've been sort of trying to plan it for the last couple of weeks. But um, this is going to be the third last episode for our season. But don't worry, we'll be back very soon. So basically, the idea is this episode. It's going to be all about that Griffin Cup match, the Netherlands match against Germany, and we've got Matt Rigby. Who is uh, who is involved over there in the administration for the Netherlands Rugby League bond? And we've got Jordan Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. I oh. hope I said, I've said that correctly, but yeah, we'll see how we go. But he's the uh, he was the man of the match in that Griffin Cup game for the Netherlands, uh, and he played centre, scored an excellent try for anyone who are uh, any one of the Aussies who stayed up uh, at w- till one in the morning to watch that one, or anywhere around the world, wherever you were from. Live stream was fantastic to see. So we'll be talking to them tonight. Next week's episode, Big T, I've got to say, it's called Storm Clouds. Mm. It was your chat with Paul Kennedy about the most successful expansion rugby league club in history, the Melbourne Storm, so a little bit closer to home. And I've got to say, I had a sneaky listen to that the other day, <laughs> and um, it's it's I, I think it's the best Big T interview I've ever heard, so I can't wait to release it. It's going to be great. It's also a, a mammoth one because Paul... PK, as he and I now call each other because we're friends, Carbs, as you know, everyone. <laughs> I work very hard in trying to become best friends with everybody I meet. The uh, PK and I um, just got lost. Like, I, I legitimately forgot that um, it was a podcast and I was just on the phone to a mate talking about um, something that we both really cared about. And and he has such a unique view, not only because he's a reporter and looks at the world quite analytically or, or, or you know, researchy, um, but also because 
he's come at the he's come at rugby league from an AFL perspective. He's one of yeah. those diamonds that loves rugby union, loves rugby league. And we know a lot of those, but loves AFL, loves soccer, loves. It's just a massive sports fan. Yeah, and um, and in every sense of the word, often when people say like, "Oh, what music do you like?" when you're a teenager, and they're like, "Oh, look, everything," but really they didn't. They just liked what you know was on the radio. Th- this guy legit loves like dead set loves sport, and um, you can hear it. Even though he's grown up most of his life in Melbourne, it was even almost a professional AFL player or, or Aussie rules player. He um, he still has a real understanding of rugby league and 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 real enjoyment for it and and hopes hopes it get, has all the success. So yeah, it was a fantastic chat. It's less of an interview and more me just um, listening to PK talk about Melbourne uh, and, I, and everything he knows about it. That's what probably makes it so good. It was just a chat, and it's good to have that that perspective as well because we can be a little bit biased you know, and like everyone's going to be biased to their favourite sport I mean last week off the air I told you that I might be um, enrolling my son into little kickers and he said why little kickers he should be playing rugby league like that is the level of bias that we sort of have for our sport but I'm um, so mm. it's good to hear you know the perspective of someone that sort of can look big picture across the whole thing and and that Melbourne Storm story is a good one and it's you know one that we don't all know about but can probably learn some lessons from in a day in a day in age where you know Toronto Wolfpack for example is a big a big thing. Yes. Uh, the finale so the finale will be a week before the NRL grand final and we've been building up to this one so Matty Church as you guys know um, he's been giving us his 5 6 7 minute Digicel Cup uh, rap snippets every week and they've been fantastic and we thought what a great way to to end season two of Chasing Kangaroos by getting Matty Church on with Cubs and Big T and just having a massive chat about PNG Rugby League, what's been going on this year and a bit of a preview for their grand final over there, which I'm hoping it's going to be something like uh, Port Moresby Viper versus LA Tigers so we can get another sandwich bet. Revenge game. <laughs> Revenge game. So, uh That'll happen. I mean, I think the Vipers got up, didn't they? I saw that on the socials. The Vipers got up, mate. So they go around. They go into week yeah. two of the finals against Hella Wigman. But we'll look, I won't. We'll leave that to Maddie Church's snippet, which should come out yeah. a day before this episode comes out. So go listen to it if you haven't already. And that's going to be season two, mate. So it's been fantastic. I can't believe it's been almost a year since you and I sort of merged, and you know, you were the Illawarra to my St George for the uh, Chasing Kangaroos <laughs> podcast. It was it was yeah. fa- it was fantastic. But we're going to go into season three very soon. Listeners, don't fear. The break will probably be a short one. So the plan is we're gonna we're gonna wrap up before the NRL Grand Final. We're gonna sit back, relax, and enjoy the State of Origin series as well. And then we'll come back with uh, season three of Chasing Kangaroos very soon after that. Once all the other rugby league podcasts go into hibernation, and we've already recorded some great content for for season three as well. So looking forward to getting bigger and better next year, big men. Now, while you were talking, you briefly touched on Toronto a moment ago while referring to the storm. Yeah. Have you been keeping up to date with what's happening um, there at the moment? Because we were all kind of gearing up for an announcement, but I didn't really see one. I just saw, uh, oh, we're still interested. Um, so, so give us some more details. Is that where we're up to? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we're, yeah, everything was gearing towards this announcement, this meeting last Friday. Uh, if you're listening, you know, if you're listening the the week of recording or the week of release here. Um, and then we read not long before the meeting on the, on Friday between um, Carlos uh, from tr- uh, the new the new Wolfpack owner or potential owner, the Super League clubs and, of course, the RFL. So not long before that, we read an article or we, we heard from Matty Shaw that um, there would be, the most likely scenario here would be that they don't. there's no yes or no answer, that, in fact, the Wolfpack just get extra time to plead their case and, and for a decision to be made. 
that's what happened. So basically, uh, the Super League and RFL have gone back and said, look, you haven't given us enough information. Uh, we're not happy with what you've given us so far. Um, and they've got four more weeks to, to prove that the Wolfpack can be part of the Super League, um, which, you know, it's kind of dragging it out a bit for us fans. But I don't know. What's your thoughts, Big T? Well, I still think it's going to happen. What I like about this was, because, you know, that's the perspective I love to come at things like that. What I liked about this was that instead of saying this isn't enough information so we don't feel like this is going to happen, it's a no. They said, hey, it looks like you could perceive it as, hey, we want this to be a yes. We need these key indicators hit so that we can then um, stamp this one off. So I think it's still okay. It would have been better, obviously, if we just got a, a straight up yep. But, but you know, they're doing due diligence so that they can be happy when they say yes, it goes forward. And, and I think that's what happens soon. It's It's good that the due diligence is being taken. Like, it needs to happen. We don't want to see the club come in and fall over and, and have an Im- a negative impact on other clubs. You'd like to think that they won't, and you'd like to think there will be a good plan in place. And I, I hope I, I wish I could be as positive as you, big man, but I just, I, look, I'm hoping for the yes. I'm hoping they can prove themselves, but I'm kind of a little bit annoyed that, and this is just me, right, but I'm a little bit annoyed that the Super League's sort of like, oh, hey, well, or Rob Elston is like, hey, you guys need to prove to us why you're good enough to to be here, and it and it should be more cooperative. Like I feel like this, I feel like, and we're starting to hear quotes. Like there was a quote in the Sun, um, in the UK, a couple of days ago that said, "There's an onus on the club. It has an obligation to look at that to give us an indication that Super League in Canada makes commercial sense, and we'll also do our own work." So that's from Robert Alston himself, um, as quoted by the Sun UK, and they're now. I feel like. The Super League should be getting together saying, okay, there's an obvious opportunity here in Canada. There are, there's a popular club that is growing. There is a second club, club that wants to come in that has the same potential. And there is so much potential there. There is millions of fans, millions of dollars. It's a whole new audience. We want to tap into this. How can we do it? And I feel like the whole exercise should be a little bit more collaborative rather than well, you prove to us why you should be here. I think if Super League wants to grow into North America, this is an opportunity. I'm not saying they have to take whatever Toronto and the new owners throw at them, but I think, you know, it should be collaborative. We should be working together. This is good for the game, so let's make it happen and let's get a yes sooner rather than later. And also, if they want their Papa John's pizza um, to continue, you know, North America is the place that they should be. Is, uh, is Papa John's in, in Canada, I wonder, or is it just a UK thing? I don't, I've never really oh, heard of them I before. I can't this. imagine. It's definitely in the States. I know it is because you see so many ads on it. When I watch NFL or baseball, they're constantly talking about Papa John's. But um, So I can only imagine it would probably also be in Canada. It's more likely to be in Canada than the UK. So, um, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say tentative yes until I got told otherwise. Papa John's is definitely, I think, in Canada because it's more likely to be in Canada um, than the UK. So I'm assuming soft yes, Papa John's is in Canada and the UK. Um, now, while we're talking about that, are you ready for another? <laughs> are you ready for another? Can, can we move on from something we obviously don't yeah. know about in Papa, where Papa yeah. John's is situated, and something we do know a lot about, but don't talk much yeah. about on this show, and that's the NRL because it's final season. Our teams are both out, but. I feel like we can sit back, relax, and enjoy now that uh, we don't have the stress of watching our teams every week, and we can just enjoy the show and see who takes this whole thing out. Well, the men's comps done. You've still got an NRLW team that's just about to gear up and fire up. Very excited. And I love that Dragons team. Uh, The Dragons and Rooster team and Warriors teams always look – in fact, all the teams always look great, but I never want Brisbane to win anything. Yeah. 
So I'm super excited about Roosters and and Dragons in this. I think the Warriors are still a team, though. But uh, I think they could be good. I, I, any of those can still win it. Brigginshaw is still so good that she often will take a game by the neck and just destroy everybody else. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens with that. What's your pick then for, for the NRL men's comp? Who do you think just straight out wins? It's hard to say, man. Like, I, I mean, it's hard to go past the top three. Uh, but like the Roosters just got shellacked by Souths, uh, you know. <laughs> but Mel- Melbourne, I think Melbourne Panthers would have to be like right up there. I, I, I yep. just, but I don't know. It's hard because normally by this time, if St George aren't in, there's a team that I really like, a real underdog team that I want to win, and usually it will be someone like Canberra or the Warriors or Newcastle or something like that. But this year, there doesn't seem to be that underdog team. I mean, Canberra's there, but they're not like that underdog team that they were last year. The closest thing to an underdog team this year is the Panthers, but they won the minor premiership. So, mm. like, they're, they're clearly not the underdog. And I'm finding it strange. So, for the first time ever, it's there's I, I don't have, like, a team that I really want to win the finals. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, my um, my mum's side of the family all are from Newcastle, so my heart's going for Newey. Yeah, because I'd love I'd love Newcastle Nana to be um, watching her teams win in the finals. They had the they had a really long finals drought like the West Tigers do, so it's great to see them in there, and I'd love to see them Jago in. But no, I'm thinking Penrith take the whole thing out. They just look so fantastic every single week. Never look like losing. So, so I reckon Penrith head says Penrith, heart says Knights. So who did who did Penrith play in the final in Big T? I think Melbourne. Yeah. No, I think you picked it. It was great. I actually don't know how the finals can play out, if that's even a possibility. Maybe they play each other, um, you know, in the preliminary final, the game before the grand final. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'd imagine would happen. This is why we're not, not sure. an, an NRL show. We don't do that much research when it comes to the NRL. That's why I just read yeah, I just read other <laughs> just people's read tweets. tweets when it comes to the yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you as well? As the president of the Benji Marshall fan club, obviously you're sad to see him play his last game for the Tigers again because he's done this before. So he's, you've seen this before, but this time I feel like it's real. He won't be back. But do you, I feel like Benji has another year in him. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Do you think we'll, he'll pop uh, up somewhere else? Uh, I really hope so for him. I mean, it would be really hard to see him play for somewhere else, but we've already done it. I think more – what I realised the other night was I um, I, I would rather see my team lose next year and see him play another year, which is going to make really? me so unpopular. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you can keep pretending that we're building for, you know, 2021, 2022, and maybe we are, but I just can't see us not building with him in the team. So I get – I definitely get and I support Madge and, and the whole coaching and recruitment staff that they got rid of him. I completely see his defensive, defensive liabilities, and it might be hard to change a culture with, with such a big personality in there. So if they're trying to make a change and they need to move him on, I completely get it and support it. Do I think he still has effort and stuff in him? For sure, definitely. He, he's he, When he's playing, he looks excellent. So we'll I'd love to see him somewhere. We'll be good to see what happens. And I'll just final note on the NRL from me, but um, we don't talk about it too much. But to all the Dragons fans out there, and I get a lot of messages mm. from Dragons fans, very disappointed pretty much every week. But I know we beat a second-string Melbourne side last weekend, and but I feel like our side was a little bit second-string as well. We had a lot of young guys coming through, and there's some there's some real like potential for the future. Guys like Sullivan, like I don't know if you watched the game, Big T, but... We've got, yeah, a, yeah. we've got a 5.8 there in Sullivan who reminds me a lot of Cody Walker or like an Anthony Mundine. He's the best half in our club, and that was the first game he played. And I'm just like, there's some players there that it's just like, where where have 
they been hiding? Where have we been hiding these guys? And um, it's good to see they got a chance towards the end of the season. Hopefully they get more of a chance next year. And hopefully it's a better 2021 for uh, for my Dragons and for your Tigers as well, big man. Yeah, I can imagine it will be. Mate, um, the chat I am having tonight, uh, I haven't recorded the interview yet. I'm about to do that once I get off the phone with you. So I can't wait for it. But speaking to Matt Rigby uh, from the Netherlands Rugby League and Joran Schoonmaker, the centre for, for Netherlands uh, in, in the match against Germany last weekend, which they won 20 points to 18. Fan- oh, you beat me on the scoreline. That's uh, exactly right, I was going to say. Score, 20 points to 18, as you would say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, fan- I can't wait for the chat, mate. And, um, yeah, we as, like, sponsors for the, the Netherlands referees, um, it's this one's close to our heart. We're so proud that the the game actually happened in a year where a year almost without international rugby league. So a lot of effort went into it. We're going to hear all about that in this chat and yeah, can't wait for it. But uh, one thing I will say before we, we throw to that chat, big T and before we say goodbye for until next week, uh, there is one place where you can buy Netherlands jerseys uh, from anywhere. <laughs> uh, do you know where that is? <laughs> it's uh, mascotbrands.com or mascotbrands.com.au. Uh, I think they've also, I mean, they're New York Stuff's also great. I keep seeing stuff in my DJs about that, um, and the blue and the orange. But yes, no, you can get uh, you can get your your Netherlands stuff there. It was such a close game. I can't wait for them to hear. A refereeing came into it because I think it was a penalty that split them in the end. Correct. Um, so great refereeing there that you'd still blow that penalty despite um, the outcome. Uh, yeah, but I'm just so excited to hear this interview because it's such a great rivalry. Like Netherlands. Germany is just not something that I would have ever have imagined with pre-chasing kangaroos that I'd be so geared about it for a rugby league game. But here we are. And it was so close. So, that, so the football here is really getting better. Yeah, sensational. And look, we're going to hear all about that. So uh, mm-hmm. awesome work. And, and big plug to mascotbrowns.com, mascotbrowns.com.au. 2020 vision, of course, for kangaroo chasers for 10% off as well. And uh, Big T, I might get straight to that call unless you uh, you have anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye. No, I want Big T to get out of the way so that Big T that I know is listening later will be happy to hear the interview. <laughs> happy listening, Big T. I'll see you next week. Fuck you, Nawadi. All right, Kangaroo Chasers. Very awesome to have with me tonight or this morning, their time. We've got, uh, he's been a guest of Chasing Kangaroos before, back in episode 52, Finding Netherlands. He's the uh, Netherlands Rugby League Bond Competitions Manager. Mr. Matt Rigby, welcome back to Chasing Kangaroos, brother. Cheers, Michael. It's a pleasure to be back. Always awesome having you, man. And mate, um, our other guest hasn't been on Chasing Kangaroos before. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna struggle pronouncing his name, but I'm always gonna give it my best shot. He's the center, the center for the Zwolle Wolves, and he was the man of the match for the ne- Netherlands against Germany in the Griffin Cup, which just happened a couple of days ago. Uh, Jordan Schoonmaker, welcome to the show. <laughs> Oh, pleasure to be here, man. How, how did I go? Was that uh, out of 10? How, how, how was my pronunciation? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a straight six and a half. <laughs> not bad for an Aussie, I will say. So, no, it's not, not too bad, not too bad. Jordan, how did you, you pull up after the game, mate? It looked like a tough one and it was uh, soggy conditions. And, of course, you hadn't played much rugby league this year. So how did it feel coming off after the, the big win against Germany? But it was uh, <laughs> it was nice to win, but my body felt like shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I woke up, <laughs> I could barely move, and when I had to laugh, my ribs hurt. So 
Wow. It was a nice experience again. Sounds like it was worth it. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> worth it. Mate, and, and Maddie, sit tight, mate, because I'll get to you in a second, but we haven't met Jordan before, so I do want to ask some questions. Mate, I want to find out, um, obviously you were born over there, so you, we can all hear yeah. the accent. How did you discover rugby league? Like, how did, how does how does that happen? So, first of all, I started uh, with rugby union, and then a guy in my team played rugby league for the Amsterdam Cobras. Yep. Is is because of the union season ends like in May. Yep. So it's perfect if you don't want to stop uh, mid season. So you just play whole summer and then play union after it again. So. It's because of a friend, and he told me to play with the Cobras, so I started playing with the Cobras. Yep. And then I think two years ago, started playing with the national team, and I really enjoyed the sport, so it's now how it is. Fantastic, mate, It's and it seems to be the story for a lot of people. This this year, you joined the newest club, the Zwolle Wolves, and I don't believe you guys have had a, had a match yet. Maybe you've had some friendlies, but what was the... No, um, we, we haven't. You haven't? Tell me a little bit about why the move and and what that sort of means for for next season for you guys so uh zwolle so i live in zwolle and zwolle has a pretty pretty big union club yep and um they knew about us playing for the amsterdam cobras and they said uh, yeah we'd like to try it too so the president and owner of our club is uh lori renak he also played for the national squad uh last saturday or was it sunday but uh, he also played for the national squad, and um, he was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's let's get a club together." And then everyone got involved, and now we have like twenty-five members or something. Wow, that's incredible! Without even playing a match yet, so that's that's fantastic. Yeah, without even playing a match. <laughs> and uh, and have you do you play? You always play in the centres, or do you play a few positions, or how's that work? No, no, uh, well, it started at the second row because they thought it was the best position, but. Um, as I noticed, uh, the center has the most uh, width, so it's very easy to. It's just a one-on-one defense, and you're in the best scoring position. And yeah. I think uh, those are the qualities that I can use my. Well, this is the best position where I can use my qualities for. Well, you definitely got some speed, mate. the The try you scored would would fit into any rugby league um any highlight reel. You stepped about sixteen players and and scored pretty much untouched. Like it was incredible, and it probably won you guys the match at the end of the day as well. Um, so well done, mate. Fantastic stuff. Now, M- Matty, I-, I do encourage anyone that hasn't listened to episode 52, Finding Netherlands with yourself, um, to go back and listen because they can find out your origin story, how you got involved and and a whole bunch of things. It was a great chat. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, push pause right now, go back, listen to episode 52 and then come back and we can continue this conversation with Matty. But Matt, in that episode... We, you you just started your role there for the Netherlands Rugby League. Of course, you played for, for Den Haag for a while as well, but you sort of moved into an administration role. And we spoke about the difficulties you were, you know, expecting to face in the new role in the coming season. We weren't expecting a pandemic. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about how the last, I guess, how since then has been affected and how it sort of changed what you're doing and, and, and affected your role. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I might have jinxed myself because I think on our last <laughs> conversation, uh, I may have said the words of "we've not faced any challenges yet." Yeah, going good. Yep. And then three weeks later, pandemic hit. So it's um, 
it's been a real difficult issue, um, especially because we don't actually know what's going on and you know how how quickly things change. Yeah, things are, things are changing at every minute at the minute, um, and it, it's caused so much frustration for us. Um, but obviously, we've just got to put put the guys safety first, which which we've done. Um, fortunately, we had to cancel the the domestic season, which was yep. so so ready and prepared to be the best league we've had yet. Yep. Um, with obviously, obviously the, the fifth club in, in Zvala coming in as well. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was really gutting um, that, we, that we couldn't get that league that league going this year. But um, it was definitely the right decision to just to just you know put it on the back burner for this year and make sure everything's prepared for next year. Um, obviously, we had we had five internationals lined up, yep. um, including the European Championships and the game in the UK. All that got, got kibosh because of this virus. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we managed to get one game on in the end, and um, I'm, I'm really thankful that we did it. Um, it was, we got such such a good vibe from from players from both sides um, on Saturday. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was, it, I'm really glad that we went through with it and really persevered to get it on. Mate, congratulations on making it happen. As you mentioned, one game this year, the only international match in Europe this year. We're going to get a women's international. Uh, between New Zealand and the and Fetu Samoa, um, in a, in a couple of weeks on on our on my part of the world, but to get this happening was quite a feat, and you know it, it must have been difficult at times. I think you might have had three venue changes, a whole host of interruptions. Walk us through that, and and just tell us you know a little bit of the the roadblocks that you faced and how you overcame those. Yes, I mean, we've been planning this for for a couple of months and we were always confident that this game would happen. Um, and, and everything seemed absolutely spot on. Um, and I think it was maybe about 10 days before kickoff. Yep. Um, the, the, a Nord Holland and Zout Holland was put on Germany's travel ban. Well, wow. Which meant that we, <laughs> we couldn't physically play the game in Leiden. So at, at that point, we had to question, do we go ahead with this? Uh, and thankfully, we, we we thought, you know what, we're not going to let the lads down. This is a great opportunity. Let's do our best to get this game on. Yep. If it's not safe to do so, then we'll stop. So we um, we spoke to our friends at um, RCM London Amersfoort. They were more than happy to help us out. Yep. Um, we had a meeting with them last Thursday, sorry, last Wednesday, three days before kickoff. All positive, all ready, all excited. Um, I got back to my hotel that evening and I got a call off Germany saying that uh, the province of Utrecht had now been put on the uh, travel ban. So <laughs> well, yeah. it, it was another issue. Um, we, we, had, we had an honest conversation last Wednesday and, and, and said, look, we've got three days to, to the game. We've got now got no venue. What do we do? Um, and and, and us, us as a board, which is really positive to see, we, we all said, let's do absolutely everything we can. Let's try and find another venue. If we can't physically find the venue, then fair enough, we'll, we'll stop. So we so we got in contact with Zvola um, last Thursday, um, and within about twelve hours, we pretty much had everything covered. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, we've got to say a massive fact, thanks to RC Zvola for helping us at yep. the last minute. Um, yep. and, and but ultimately, the day went ahead, um, and we had, we had so much, so many things going on. We had merch stalls, food stalls, drink stalls, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, and it, we're already we're already really prepared for it. Um, it, it went really well, um, and, and despite it being the very last minute, I think it went fairly well. It, went, it was great to watch. And was there any stage like you mentioned, like the Wednesday beforehand? You must have felt like, oh, "Fuck, this isn't going to happen." Like, did you did you feel that at any point? Um, I think part of me thought that, um, that there's a slight chance of it happening. Yep. But 
I mean, you'll know me too well for this. Being a Northern Englishman, um, I don't back down very easily. I'm pretty stubborn. (laughs) I was going to say stubborn. I didn't want to, but you said it. That's fine. (laughs) So, yeah, it was was a big thing for us just to make sure it happened. But obviously, we we had to make sure it was safe. Jordan, what about... I'm going to do it. Jordan, what about from a a player's perspective? Did you think, you know, you would have been excited to, to be able to get a game at some stage this year. Did you ever think it's not going to happen at all? No, I know Maddie is really persistent, so I knew it was going to happen anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And was it important for the guys, like, just to get together and and have that, have this match? Like, do you feel like, like, I guess the question I want to ask is, on the ground, like, we're we're all preparing for this massive season, the biggest season of Netherlands Rugby League ever, but it just didn't happen. And do you think that this needed to happen just to keep, the engine burning and keep the fire in the belly for some of these guys that were maybe switching over from rugby union or trying the game for the first time or uh, how important was this? Oh, I think uh, as a Dutch bond, we just need some publicity to let guys know how amazing the the sport of rugby league is. And I think uh, because of this game, especially when it was live and uh, um, people could watch it all over the world and the Netherlands and everybody knew about it uh, being in a newspaper I think that was very important for the for the Dutch rugby and also for the players just to play the game and just let everyone enjoy it. Sensational, Matt. Have you seen any? Have you seen any fruit from that yet? I know it's early days. It's only been a couple of days since the game, but have you have you heard any positive positive news in terms of exposure yet? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken to a couple of guys um, within the team, and they, they've got they've got messages from across the world of you know how how interested it was to, to, to you know to see the Dutch product. Um, I think I think we had a we had a conversation on this the other day, and what we kind of understood was is that there's been a lot of noise coming from the Netherlands worldwide in a positive way, but nobody's actually seen the product yet. And, yeah, well, and for the people to see that on Saturday, I'm really happy with it. Um, I've already managed to watch the game back. Um, and and our commentator Thijs van der Zouwen is is getting a lot of um, lot of positive vibes across the across the world. It seems to be it seems to be the next Andrew Voss. Um, it seems to be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, it's, um, it's it's really good, really good. And the live stream was really important for us to obviously share that share this moment with everybody across the world. Was it difficult with the live stream, like moving moving um, fields three times? Was was there ever a chance that that wasn't going to happen? Yeah, so I mean, we we didn't have much confidence it would go through. Yeah. Um, but 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 the guys from Van Aft, the sideline was absolutely incredible. Um, they were they were so keen to obviously film this game, um, and because it moved to Zvola and obviously it was a lot further away from where he was doing, he actually had to cancel two other events. Oh, wow. um, on Saturday just to get this game on. So we've got massive gratitude for them doing that for us. Um, yeah, they've been really good for us, and uh, I'm just really glad it came off in the end. Is this the first time you've worked with them? And, and I guess what's the plan moving forward? Yeah, so it's, it's the first time we've we've dealt with the Vanaf Design Line. We put in touch with them with um, uh, RC Dioc um, when we obviously had the game in Leiden. Um, uh, yeah, and they, they, they were they were so keen, so keen to get the game on and hopefully get some more live streams in for next year. That'll be sensational, and look, if, I'm sure it's still live on their YouTube page, so we'll share that link in our show notes. We've shared it on our social media pages, of course, as well, and 
Um, it, it was good to see. Like, the quality of footy was pretty good for this sort of standard or level or what we'd expect. So congratulations, Jordan, and to everyone that was on the field, mate. You did really well. Um, now, now, tell me about, like, the first 15 minutes, mate, because you've had no match fitness for the last few months. It was pouring down rain at, at points, and it looked a little bit sloppy at first. So what was it like out there getting your feet, getting to know some of the boys that you maybe haven't played with before, and getting to know your opposition who you probably haven't seen in action before? Well, they're a completely different team than last year. Yep. So they were lo- lots of bigger than, than, they used to, <laughs> than they used to be. Um, so it was it was completely different. And especially um, I was also used to tackling that big of a guy because I was in center. And center is always like yep. maybe around 95 kilos, maybe 100, yep. not the 120 so th- that was great fun because uh, the guy who stood next to me, Frank Longhurst, is a is a really nice guy and we really have a kind of a bond uh, on the field. So it was really really nice to to play with him again. Yeah. Um, and it just it just felt really great because I mean, of course, I had preseason with Union, so I was kind of fit. Uh, I think I've never been <laughs> this fit in my life before. <laughs> so. At the <laughs> at the first fifteen minutes, it was um, I mean we fucked up a little bit because um, our completion rate wasn't that good. Yeah. So we had to defense all the time, and um, yeah, it was kind of hard because everyone had just to give their full two hundred percent. But uh, eventually, we we maintained, especially the f- first fifteen minutes, and I mean we took it back in the second half. So it was really great just to be in the field with the guys and. Everyone giving the two hundred percent just to be happy to be able to represent um, the national national country. It is incredible, and it's uh, congratulations. It's an amazing feat to represent your nation. And that that first little bit, you know, you guys defended your asses off, and then Germany score that first try. So, what's the feeling like after that try? Do the heads go down, or are you guys, you know, amping up to try and level level it out? Well. Of course, you're you're really you're really butchered and you're you're really mad, but I mean I think those those things are what drive you. Yeah. I mean we had a terrible completion rate in the first half, so we knew we had to step up. And the second half we we played way better, with a way better completion rate. I think the try against us gave us the right motivation just to to step the game up and just to perform a little bit better than we did in the first half. Who do you think was the best player on the other side? You got man of the match for for Netherlands, but who do you think you know we should be looking out for from from a German perspective? Oh, it was the uh, was the big guy. There's uh, he had a dark toned skin, and I'm not sure what his name was, but I think they called him in game. They called him Mori. Oh wow! But he was he was huge. <laughs> I know, oh man! He, he, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. He was I I wouldn't want to tackle him. Put it that way, and and yeah. He's, he's certainly got a future of him as well, so that's awesome. Um, Maddie, this is now three Griffin Cup wins in a row for the Netherlands over over Germany. But Germany have improved, like it was a close scoreline. And this match was, you know, began with a moment for Simon Cooper, so the founder of German Rugby League who, who passed away earlier this year. How proud would he have been of, of his boys and of everyone on the field last weekend? Um, I mean, I mean, first off, it's it's the fourth fourth winner. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
That's fine. Um, but yeah, um, on on Simon, Simon's uh, it's, Simon. I didn't. I never knew personally. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a little bit just before my time. Um, but the, the 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 sort of respect that Simon's got is is monumental. Um, and I, I, I spoke spoke with Bob, uh, the German coach, and and Ken, our coach as well. They both knew him personally. Yeah. Um, and it was it was really important for us that that with this being obviously the only game and, and the first game since Simon's passing that. He was given that that sort of memorial um, from ourselves in Germany uh, in the best possible way. Um, obviously, both players were wearing the uh, Simon Cooper training t-shirts um, yep. Yep. before the game, um, during the national anthems as well. Um, and we, we we honored that with a minute's applause for him as well. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the way it went. Um, and, and and hopefully we, we did his we did his name justice. Definitely, mate. And it's good to see that this tradition between. The Netherlands and Germany continues, and how, how long has this Griffin Cup? How long has this been going for? Um, I, th- I believe this is the eighth one that's that's happened. So I, I think it's four all now. Um, wow! Well, on yeah. the scorecard. So next next year is going to be huge. Yeah, I, I, every year is huge. For us now. <laughs> I know it. Well, it gets bigger and bigger though. Let me tell you, and it's yeah. it's great to see. So so let's look at next year and let's look at the future. So obviously things are difficult at the moment, but. Well, you spoke about your plans for for the competition, Maddie, in episode fifty two, which I've mentioned a couple of times now. I keep giving giving us a little bit of a shameless plug there. But what is everything pretty much paused until twenty twenty one? Do you anticipate that things will hopefully get better, and then you guys are just ready to go as soon as as soon as you can back to how it it was meant to be? What do you anticipate will happen domestically and and internationally next year for for the Netherlands? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm praying to God that hopefully this this coronavirus has gone by Christmas. But as it stands, that's probably highly unlikely. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, 2020 has been a complete write-off. Obviously, apart from this game. Yep. Um, so so 2021, we'll just we'll start a fresh um, season, probably commencing in May. Um, however, that might be slightly delayed. Um, yep. Potentially June. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have a, we'll have a five team competition. Um, so Zwolle can finally have their 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 first run out. Yep. Um, I mean, I mean, in a nutshell, we're going to try and mirror what we have planned for this year. Yeah. Uh, and if we can make any additional stuff, the better. Um, so we we're going to aim for a few international games. Um, the European Championships for next year haven't been confirmed date wise. Yep. Um, so so we'll we'll have to try and factor that in. Um, we're hoping to obviously play Sweden again. Over uh, over at Hull KR, yep. um, that 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 whole game was has been postponed to next year, um, anyway. So so, so so the offer is still open at Hull KR for us to have that game, which is incredible Beautiful. for the lads. Yeah, and, and then obviously the, the big game against Germany next year, which will which will be away in in Germany itself. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to next year. Just um, just praying and hoping that this this COVID has finally just left us. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's no sight of the end yet. I don't think. And and Jordan, you must be looking forward to eventually being able to play your old teammates, the Amsterdam Cobras. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Are you confident going up against some of the the big boys? So the Cobras and and Den Haag have been quite strong for the last few years. I really felt like oh, everything I was hearing about Zvolle was that you guys could really compete. Do you, are you confident when you do get to play domestically again? Oh yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready to get the championship in. <laughs> I love it. First season in, it's going to happen for the for the Wolves, mate. Oh well, yeah, of course, <laughs> mate. Of course. 
Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I can't wait. And look, let's just hope. Look, we obviously can't predict what's going to happen and things keep changing every minute, which which you guys know more than anyone. You've had you had to change things so many times. But what a great what a great job getting this match happening. The only uh, men's international uh at the end of the year. Absolutely fantastic. And can I say as well, Maddie, big shout out to to the referees and the touch judges who looked uh Absolutely fantastic on the weekend as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've just got to play some record and massive thanks to obviously all, all of our partners and sponsors, obviously yourselves with uh, with the referees. Um, they're absolutely, they're absolutely stunning in those jerseys. Um, obviously, those jerseys produced by 1895, uh, who, who did our, who obviously supplied our kit as well this year. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me that the kit looks pretty sexy when it's on the field. <laughs> um, so yeah, eighteen ninety five have, have done a lot of stuff for us as well. Obviously, they, they did the uh, they did the Simon Cooper jerseys as well. Yep. Um, training training t shirts and, and all the merchandise we've got. So so they've performed absolute miracles for us in the past few weeks, and uh, we've got such a good relationship with those guys now, and uh, really excited to see what happens with them next year. Um, and then, as I said before, RC's Vola, massive, massive shout out to them guys. They've really helped us in the past few days. Um, and finally, just got to say a massive thanks for all the players for obviously being so cooperative uh, with us over the past few weeks. We understand it's been a real difficult um, situation, uh, but, but but thankfully we got there. And uh, and and that stem goes for our coaching staff as well, in Jason Brograms and and head coach Ken Krillich, who've who supported us all the way. Um, and, and done absolutely everything to, to help us get this game on. Sensational. Well done to all of you and everyone on the German side as well. Um, just the eff- the effort was absolutely amazing. We got an international this year and it was fantastic to see. Thank you so much. Uh, and, and good luck for, for the future as well next season. And we look forward to hearing more and more as uh, things start to progress and borders begin to open. Absolutely, mate. Appreciate that much. Uh, Maddie, before we go, mate, is there anything that uh, our listeners can do to support you guys and what you're doing and achieving? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we get a lot of support from your guys, um, all, all, all the uh, Chasing Kangaroos podcasters. Um, yeah, so we, at the minute, we've got a GoFundMe page live um, on the internet. This will be on the on our Facebook page very soon as well. Um, we're trying to raise a, a target of around about €5,000. This will this will cover the cost from the game and also give us a, a, a good starting fund for next year um, and, and obviously get, give ourselves a, a bit of a financial boost for, for next season. So any any sort of money you your guys can help or, or donate with is greatly appreciated. Um, I think we're already around about 1,800 into oh, that nice. target. So. Well done. So we've... Uh, We've got a lot of sport already, so anything you guys can do is uh, it's greatly appreciated. Sounds good, mate. Well, send me that link, and uh, we'll add it to the show notes as well for anyone who may be interested in helping out if they can. Thanks, boys. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, um, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Cavs. Cheers.